Hey, I'm glad you're here today. And um, Gabe, who is our, our, our house drummer, love, 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 love Gabe. He graduated this past weekend. And uh, yeah, we can clap for him. If you ever graduated from college, you'd be clapping too. You know what I'm saying? It ain't easy. Come on, somebody. And um, his dad's in town. Uh, Mr. Jibalisco, I want to honor you. I'm thankful for you and what you've done to, to pour into your son. And he's a good, good man. And love, 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 love being out, hanging out with him. Gabe, in the last two years, has really become like a, like a son to me. Like a son to me. And I'm always up for adding sons and daughters as long as they're not biologically mine. You know what I'm saying? And because uh, I've got a 10-year-old, I've got a 7-year-old, and I've got, I've got a 3-and-a-half-year-old. And, and I've got a group of my guys there from the Edgewood Children's Ranch. Love those guys. They're like sons to me, too. They come and help us out. Yeah, they're my boys. And uh, love those guys. Hey, but we're glad you guys are here today. Now, you look good, and, um, and most of you, I hugged you. you. You smell good, and that's half the battle, looking good and smelling good. And you, can, you can make it that way. Hey, um, I'm glad you're here. I didn't know if there's any other faces out there that I want to say hi to. I'm, I'm glad you're all here today. And uh, you, you picked a good day to be here. Um, it's raining outside, and we, if you've noticed a little bit, it's raining a little bit inside the building, too. And um, I was telling these guys, there's, there's, a, there's advantages to renting. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have to pay to fix that. You know what I'm saying? Um, we can use our money to reach more people, and they can use their money to fix that leak. You know what I'm saying? Hey, but we're glad you're here today. We've been in a series called 40. We've been in a series called 40, and I'm going to read that to you. Um, I'm going to read that passage of Scripture to you, where that came from in just a moment. But it's been about 40 days since Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, and he, and he rose again. And, and, and we, we studied that passage of Scripture. Um, we, we, we celebrated it on Easter, where Jesus dies, and then three days later, they, they, he raised again from the, from the grave or out of a tomb. It was a borrowed tomb. They rolled the tomb away. He walked out of it, and then for 40 days, he walked around the earth. And he walked around the earth for... For a, for a few reasons that he wants you and I to know. And, and um, I want to walk through some of those things with you on reasons why he, why he resurrected. And here's the first one. We believe that Jesus resurrected because it gives us proof. The resurrection gives you and I, it gives us proof. Not just that he was Jesus, but we, it gives us proof that he was actually God. Because there's a lot of gods, lowercase g gods, who have died. They put them in a tomb and their bodies are still there. Their bones are still there, but we read in, in Scripture where Jesus says, I, I came back to life, and, when, and he took those 40 days and walked around and talked and hung out with people. And the reason why he did is because he wanted to give you and I proof that he wasn't just Jesus, he wasn't just a man, but he actually was, he was God also. And so I'm thankful, thankful, thankful that he did that. Those 40 days are pivotal for us. If he was still in the tomb, it, we, wouldn't be, we, wouldn't be, we wouldn't be celebrating Easter. If he was still in the tomb, we wouldn't be celebrating life. If he was still in the tomb, we wouldn't be here today. There'd be no name to celebrate. There'd be nothing to get excited about. Um, there'd be no Jesus to sing about because it's the miracle is in that he rose again three days later and he gives us proof. Here's the second thing. The resurrection gives us peace. The resurrection gives us peace. I don't know about you guys, but I go through the seasons of my life where I just need some peace. And the disciples, after three days, they disappeared. They rolled out. They went back to their old lives. And Jesus showed back up and said, hey, guys, it's okay. I'm, I, I come to give you peace. He would walk into, closed, he would walk into doors or he would, he would appear in rooms because he was God and Jesus. He would appear in rooms and then he would say, here I am. Hey, guys, don't be afraid. I, I, give, you, I give you peace. Here's the third thing. We, we see that the resurrection gives us power. There's a song out before some of you guys were born that said, I got the power. Jesus gives us the power. I'm so thankful that he gives us the power. We learned that scripture tells us the same power that rose Christ from the dead. It lives in me and you. I used to live, a, I used, I used to live my Christian life so defeated. I used to live my Christian life so, so mundane and just going through the motions. And when someone would come at me, it would beat me down and it would keep me down. 
But when I read that passage of scripture that says the same power that rose Christ from the dead, it kind of gave me some confidence. It gave me some, it kind of inflated my lungs a little bit. Let me know, I can walk around more confidently because I've got the power of Jesus. The same power that rose Christ from the dead. If you're a believer in here today, it's in you. So I can walk through the storms because I know I got some power inside me. I can walk through the things of life that, were, that would kick my bottom typically and I can have some power. I could go to my sins that used to hang, they used to try to pull me down and hang, and hang on me and, and try to drown me and say, hey sin, you've got no power in me because I've got the power of Jesus within me. And then here's the, here's the fourth one we looked at last week. <clears throat> the resurrection gives us patience. The resurrection gives us patience. I'll be honest with you, I feel a little bit hypocritical teaching you guys about patience because I'm not, I'm not super patient. I, I learned something about myself just recently, and um, I, I learned recently that I like to go to Disney without my wife. I like, yeah, I know that's that's low, right? Let me let me unpack that a little bit. For some of you guys, like this guy is in trouble. I stay there. You know what I'm saying? I stay down. Um, <clears throat> the other day, Diana says to me, "Hey, I got a really good idea. If your wife ever tells you guys she has a really good idea, it's not a good idea." It's a bad idea. They're, 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 set, it's like they're setting you up to let you know you're about to do something. And I, I've learned this about my wife. If my wife asks me a question, Will, she's not asking me a question. It's more of a rhetorical question. It's a statement. She's saying, hey, if she says, do you want to go to Longhorn? She's saying to me, we're going to Longhorn. She's saying, do you, do you want to go to the beach? I never want to go to the beach. I don't want to take a 10-year-old, a 7-year-old, and three-and-a-half-year-old twins because that's more sand that's going to be in my car that I'm going to have to clean up. No, I don't want to go to the beach. But if she's asking me, she's basically saying, we're going to the beach. But it prepares me, Will, to know that I'm going to the beach. I can, I can get, do you want to, what, what do you want to do tonight? She's basically saying to me, here's what I found out. If I say to her, hey, well, I'd like to go here, she'll say, well, that's not what we're doing. I'm like, you, you didn't ask the right question, you know. I, I, I should have asked the question. In the Bible days, when, when they would ask a question, they would answer it with a question. I should have been like, babe, what, what do you want to do tonight? That's, that's what I should have did, Lily, but I'm, I'm a slow learner. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't quite, I don't have the quite. But so the day she says to me, hey, I think it'd be a good idea if. I said, what, what's that? She said, if you would, I'm going to take Hope on a field trip tomorrow. <clears throat> I think it'd be a good idea if you took all the other three to Disney by yourself. That's not a good idea. <laughs> a seven-year-old and three-and-a-half-year-old twins, like one is... One of my twins is demon-possessed. So, like, it's just not a good idea. Like, I had a friend of me, like, kids are a blessing. I'm like, yes, they are. I'm trying to, I'm trying to wait for the blessing to come, but they, they, I've heard that they're, they're a blessing. No, I'm just kidding. They, they, are, they are a blessing. But I realized I don't have a whole lot of patience, but I did figure out the best way to go to Disney, in case you're wondering. If you're a passport at Disney, you can get three fast passes to go to Disney. So the other day, Diana says, you should do this, or do you want to? And I, I picked up quickly, and so... I said, great. I said, I want three fast passes. I want a nine o'clock fast pass. I want a 10 o'clock fast pass. And I want an 11 o'clock fast pass. Because I realized if you can get there, you, got about, you have an hour to use them. I could get there about 10 till my first fast pass, go to my second one, and go to my third one. So I did that. I went there with my first one, knocked it out. Go to my second fast pass. The kid's are like, I'm hungry. I'm like, shocker. You guys stay hungry. Go to, this, go, to, go to my second fast pass. I buy him a pretzel. I buy him a soda. We go to our third fast pass. I get to the end. I, I get him out. I start walking him out. And we get all the way to the front. They're like, we want cotton candy. I'm like, dude, we've been here for less than three hours. I'll get you guys whatever you guys want. I got a bag of cotton candy. I put those little jokers in the car. I drove them back to Winter Garden. I pulled in a Chick-fil-A. I bought them Chick-fil-A. And we were home like with a round trip, four hours. Three fast passes, a pretzel, cotton candy. And, and I got them lunch. And I got them in bed. Like, 
How much better does it get than that? And I realized when I go to Diane, she wants to, she wants to be fast passes, but she wants to do something in between each fast pass. I don't have the patience to do that. Furthermore, I don't have the patience to go with her anymore, you know? So like we basically took a vote that day that we're gonna start going to Disney without her. You know what I'm saying? I, I think she gets a vacation, it's vacation time for her. And it's, it's, and it's, it's, a, it's a vacation time for us too from her. So anyways, I realized that, the re- that, that, that I'm, not, I'm not that patient. I wanna get in, I wanna get out. But the resurrection gives you and I, it gives us patience. The, the Bible says, Jesus says, guys, cast your cares on me. I'm gonna take care of you. And I feel like the, the top, one of the things we learned last week, I think it was so important, but the more that we're given to God, the, the more things that we're given to God, the more we realize that we can develop some patience. And I think the patience, patience is important. So it gives us proof, it gives us peace, it gives us peace, it gives us power, and also gives us patience. But I wanna, I wanna, do a, I wanna give you a talk today. Diana reminded me recently that she's like, hey, you don't typically give sermon titles. I said, I think sermon titles are overrated, but if I'm gonna give you a sermon title, I'd say, I think I need to give you this one. Here it is. How do I go, or how do I get to the next level? How do I get to the next level? I hope, and I, I know for our church, and hopefully if you're around something else, you, you believe that we're, a, we're a, a next level church. I feel like wherever you're at relationally, I believe there's, a, there's another level for you to get to. Wherever you're at financially, that may be possibly that God could have for you a, a, another level. Wherever you're at physically, I believe that God can, maybe God has for you a, a, another level. Another level. And I believe that for us in here today, I think God wants to go to another level. But the level that I want you to go to, or I think that we all can go to, is I think that God wants to go to another level spiritually. I think He wants to take you wherever you're at when you're walking with Christ, and I think He wants you to take it to the next level. And we're, we, just after, after church day, we have a thing called Next Steps, and it's how we help people learn about who Hope Church is, and we, ha- we help them learn how to, how to take their faith journey or their walk with God to the, to the next level. And I hope for you, and I hope for this community, that we're a community, that we want to go to the we want to go to the next level. We, we believe that we have a next level kind of God. The Bible says this, that Satan comes to kill and to steal and to destroy. But Jesus, I've come to give you a, a next level life or I've come to give you an abundant life or an overflowing life. We believe in a next level God and we believe that he wants to take us to a whole nother, a whole nother level. And so I believe in this day, in this room in here, that Jesus can take some of you guys to the next level, to the next level. Everybody say next level. Next level. So if you have a Bible, open up to Acts chapter one. I want to read a passage of scripture to you. You'll see in this passage of scripture, we've kind of been talking about this passage of scripture over the last, uh, over the last four weeks. We're almost 40 days into the beginning of this series. And um, I think it's fitting. Acts chapter one, the Bible says this. <clears throat> in my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. Verse three, this is where we got our sermon title from. During the 40 days after his resurrection, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved or gave us proof to them in many ways that he was actually alive and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. I want you guys to know that there's God, God came to this earth because he wanted to do a lot of things. He wanted to pay for our sins on the cross and he did that. But he also wanted to teach the disciples, hey, here's what I want you guys to go out and do. But he also wants you guys to say, hey, guys, God's kingdom's coming back again. Where he came here to tell us, hey, guys, I want to teach you guys how to build the kingdom, not your kingdom, but how to build the kingdom of God. And so verse four says this, once he was eating, once he was eating with them, one of the times that he, that he showed up to them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the father sends you the gift that he promised. As I told you before, the gift that he wanted to give them was the Holy Spirit. You and I, we have the Holy Spirit. That's where the peace comes from. That's where the power comes from. It all comes from this, this God 
or the third part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. He says, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Just a few, last week we baptized seven of our friends with water baptism. But Jesus says, hey guys, when you get saved, in just a few days, you're gonna be baptized with the with the Holy Spirit. So if, you've, if the moment you've asked Christ into your, into your life and you commit your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit begins to fill you up. Now I can relate with being filled up because I, I, a lot of times I like to drive around with, with my light that says E on, on, on empty. And I know what it's like to drive around on, on empty. And, and maybe I learned that from my family members. I don't know, dad or mom. I'm just saying, maybe I learned that from you guys. And I remember when gas was a dollar, like a do, I remember when gas was like 99 cents. How many of you guys remember when gas was a dollar? That's awesome. Those are the good old days, by the way. A lot of you young people, you're like, gas, some of you guys have never even pumped gas before, but yes. But anyways, gas used to be a dollar a gallon. I remember like it was yesterday. I remember, I remember those days when I, when I had a, my parents started saying, hey, you, you got to pay for your own gas. It didn't happen very much. But every once in a while, like, pay for your own gas. I remember pulling to the gas station, I'll take $3. Three gallons, $3. That was the good old days, Joel. Like, I, you could get far. But I love, when I, I, love when I, I love filling up my tank, though. Like it, just, it feels good to, to have that tank filled up on, on empty. I know I can drive with my Honda Accord. I can drive for a couple weeks with a full tank. And I think the Holy Spirit wants you to know that you may come here, you may come here empty, but the Holy Spirit wants you to know that he can, he can begin to fill you up again. He can begin to give you peace like you've never had. He can give you, give you joy like you've never had. He can give you the happiness, and he can give you all the things that you're lacking. It can all come through what we call the Holy Spirit. And it begins to, it begins to live inside you. And he wants to take that, he wants to take you to the next level with the, with the Holy Spirit. So verse six says this. <clears throat> so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for, for you to free Israel and to restore our kingdom? These guys, they wanted, they wanted freedom. They wanted the Roman government thrown down and, and stompled and, and trampled under feet. They wanted, they wanted a whole new different legal system. And the whole, they want a whole new different political system. And they're like, Jesus, is it time for you to do that? And Jesus is like, hey, guys, I didn't come down to tear down a law. I came to tear down. I came to fulfill the law. And I didn't come just to take care of the law, but I want to give you, I came to give you a new law. It's called the law of grace. I came to give you some grace and some forgiveness and some freedom. And all that comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. So while he gives the law, the law is important. I don't want you to think the law is not important, but he goes, hey, I came to change. I came to give you guys grace. And we can have law and we can have grace. And the law points us to grace. He goes, guys, I've come to bring a whole new system. You guys can handle the Ten Commandments, so I'm going to give you two commandments. The two commandments I'm going to give you is to love God, and I want you to love people. You guys, and the Pharisees, they went from Ten Commandments, and they had 600 plus laws and rules they had to follow. And Jesus like, you guys cannot follow that. I came to give you one law, and it's to follow me, to love me, and to love people. That's what I come to do for you guys. Jesus like, mic drop, and I'm out of here. The verse says this, <clears throat> the fa- verse 7 he replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times and they're not for you to know. Verse eight says this, I love this, I love this verse. But you will receive power, you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you're gonna be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. We don't have a lot of time to unpack this verse, but I do want you to know this, that if you have Christ as your savior, if Christ is the Lord of your life, then one of the byproducts of that or one of the outward signs of that is you're his witnesses. You're telling people about Jesus. And so we're called to do that. We're, we're, we're called to, to say, tell people, hey, there's a God who loves you. You're down the cross for your sin. He has a plan for your life. He wants, to, he wants to do a lot of things in you and through you, but you gotta give your life to him. You gotta present your body to him. And then you give him your body, he'll give you, he'll give you his and you can begin to move on in life. And so one of the outward signs of a, 
trans, is a transformation on the inside is a, you're a witness everywhere you go. That, all those Judea, Samaria, and Jerusalem, and the uttermost parts, it's basically to the world. You're supposed to be a, you're supposed to be a light in your, in your town, in your home, in your community, at your work, and wherever else you go, and all the way to the uttermost parts of, your, of the world. We're sending a team um, from our church, a, a handful of people, to Nairobi, Kenya this summer because God's called us to be witnesses all around the world. We went to Detroit last year because God's called us to be all, all around the world. I'm going, to, um, I'm going on, a, on a trip to survey um, Cuba in a, in a few months because I believe God wants us to go around. He wants us to go around the world and to share the good news. Verse nine says this. After saying this, he was taken up into the cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him again. Have you ever let a, you ever let a balloon go before? And you let that thing go and you watch it as long as you can until it's gone. And they're having that kind of moment. And it's kind of weird. If you ever watch someone watching a balloon, like they can watch it at, at this level and they can follow it all the way as high as they can go and they keep it on it. But if you go up to it and walk it, what you looking at? You look like a weirdo. What you looking at? They, they don't, they'll see. So these, these guys are watching, these guys are letting this thing go up and they're just staring up there. And I don't know if they're crying. I don't know if they're sad. I don't know if they're confusing. The last time they saw him disappeared, the last time they saw him die and, and disappeared, it was on a cross. And then he went from a cross and into a tomb. And so I'm like, man, this is different. Like, we've not seen him do the whole levitation thing. Now, levitation, le, le, levitation, that's kind of weird. Let's be honest today. If I started levitating here, some of you guys would be like, this church is wild. Some of you guys would say, I'm out of here. But if we were videotape it and put it on our social media feed, we, might, we, could, we could fill this building up. Who doesn't want to go to church with a pastor levitate? He's like, dude, this, I, there's something there. I don't know what it is, but I want to go and check out the Barnum Beatty's church over at Hope Church. I want to go see what's going on up in that place. This guy levitates. So he begins to levitate. He's gone. The disciples are like, dude, what is going on? And then it gets, it gets, it gets crazier. It gets maybe even creepier. The Bible says this, after they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white robed men suddenly stood among them. Suddenly two, two guys, two white robed men began to stood, stand around them. And, and this is why I haven't got to the end of this ascension yet. Because as I was saying in the scripture, like I got the peace, I got the proof. I was at um, Gabe's graduation this week. I, I heard something that I'd never heard before that was so profound. Um, there was a guy talking about that he, he knew a scientist. Now, now follow this, okay? This is, this is a scientist, okay? This guy has got many degrees. He studied, this guy knew everything that you needed to know about atoms and molecules. He goes, I had it all figured out. He goes, I, he, goes, I, he goes, I knew everything about the animals. I, he goes, I knew all these things about science. He goes, I had everything. He goes, but here's my first problem. He goes, I could not figure out where it all came from. He goes, so it led me into a faith with Jesus Christ because, it ha because if you know anything about common sense or you know anything about science, we, we, there's a starting point from somewhere. There's, there has to be a starting point. Things just don't come from me. He goes, he goes, I couldn't figure out what the molecule came from. He goes, so that drew me back to having a faith in Jesus because I'm like, someone had to create the first molecule. I had, someone had to do it. And I was like this, if a scientist can believe in Jesus, then I'm going to believe in Jesus. Like that just, that just makes sense to me. I'm like, man, how, that's so profound to me that a scientist would say that. And so I began to, I began to think about that and, and begin to think about what it means to follow Jesus and, and, and what it means to, to follow him and, and to stay close with him. And I realized there's some things that I don't want, I don't understand. But you know what I'm excited about our God is? I don't want a God I can understand completely. I don't want a God I can walk around in a box. I got my God figured out. I don't want to figure everything else that there is about God. So it took me a few weeks to figure out where did these two dudes come from? Like, that was my problem with these. Like, dude, you took five weeks to get to this because you couldn't figure out where these guys came from? Yeah. 
And I wrote down in the word in my Bible, and I think it's important for you to write this word down in your Bible or write down in your notes. It's the word context. It's the word context. It's a very easy to read in scripture, a part of it, but if you don't get the full context, then you're missing out. For example, um, <clears throat> I'll, I'll explain to you in just a moment in this, but in the Bible says in Ephesians chapter two, verse eight and nine, it says this, you're saved by grace through faith. It makes sense. Like that's, that's a, that, that's, it's, it's cool to get our arms around that. We're saved by grace. And the word grace is unmerited favor. You couldn't work for it. We don't deserve God's grace. He just gave it to us. He gave it to us willingly. Because of our sins, he gave us free grace, free salvation, free freedom. He did that for us. But it says this in the next verse, Ephesians chapter two, verse eight, verse nine says this. Now it's not about works or you jokers will boast about it. Wes Beecham, if he could save himself, is gonna wave his own banner. This guy saved himself. Look at, look at me. Look what I did. You would, if you could save yourself, you would boast about it. Look, look how awesome I am. I, could, I saved me. The next level of that is if I save me, I can save you. And I can save you. And I can save you. But I, here's the kicker is I didn't have the cross for your sins. Nor would I. Maybe for my kids. I love you, but I'm not dying for you. Gabe's like, it's cool. It's a joke, but it's not a lie. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know... I know in here today, I love you, but I wouldn't die for any of you guys. I mean, I, I would stick up for you. I'd get in a fight with you. I, you know, I, I would try to help you out. But Jesus said, he, I sent your son. So he says here, if you, if you could do it on your own, you'd boast about it, Wes. And then if you read that verse, I've heard those verses preached a lot of times, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. But to get the full context, you've got to get verse 10. And verse 10 says this, I saved you for a work. I have a work for you to go out and do. So I didn't just save you because I was bored. I saved you because I wanted you to go out and do a work I prepared for you. Save people, serve people. Save people, go out and search for other people. Save people, do, serve people. Save people, do a lot of things that, that sound kind of crazy, that sound a little bit confusing, but Jesus wants you and I know that he saved you for a purpose. Him saving you for no purpose would be a waste of his time. But he goes, hey, I got a purpose for you. And the purpose for you, you go out and spread the good news, to go out and spread the gospel. So he, he does that. He saves them. So I'm reading this verse and I'm like, man, where do these guys come from and what's their story? Because every story matters. Every story matters to God. <clears throat> verse 11 says this. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you guys staring into heaven? And they're like, duh. You know, my kids would be like, basic. There's a, we, we're staring for a reason. We, we're, not just staring, we're not just bored. We're staring on purpose. And he goes here, Jesus has been taken from you guys in heaven. He goes, guys, Jesus is in heaven. Like he gone, like he's not here no more, bro. And the very next part of the verse says this, someday, everybody say someday, someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw the him, you saw him go. The same way you saw him go up, <clears throat> the same day he's gonna, he's gonna come back the same exact way, he says, and, and, and there, there's more to it than that. I'm gonna talk about that in just a moment, but he goes, hey, I, he, he's gone, but don't worry, he's coming back. You know, the disciples, they seen the whole tomb thing. They saw him raised from the dead out of a tomb. They saw that, and for 40 days, they've been kind of getting, like, every time they probably saw him, like, you remember Thomas? Thomas, like, I will, I'm not gonna believe he rose from the dead unless I can see the nail-pierced hand, and I can see the scars on his head, and I can see the piercing body, and Jesus is like, padow, here you go. Here I am. And now for 40 days, Jesus has proven himself over and over. Guys, here I am. Guys, here I am. Guys, here I am. And now he disappears, but this time he levitates out of it. He's, he disappears in the thin air. 
And then these two guys show up in white robes and they're like, hey, I need to let you guys know something. He's coming back again. These guys, we don't, these guys don't have a name. They don't have a, they don't, they don't, they're, they serve one purpose in humanity. And it's this, to let these jokers know he's coming back again. And I think it's important for us as, for us as, a, as, a, as a community, it's, it's my job to let you guys know he's coming back again. The very first part of this chapter said this, I want you guys to know there's a kingdom coming back in and it's our job to get prepared for the kingdom of God to come back in because he's coming back again. It's our job to prepare earth for heaven because heaven's coming down. God's coming back again and he's gonna build a kingdom and he's already building that kingdom and it's gonna be a new heaven, the Bible says, it's gonna be a new earth and it's our job to get ready for that. And these disciples came, these two guys magically appeared to let these guys know, guys, relax, it's coming, he's coming back again. So I want you to know this about the resurrection. The resurrection. The resurrection gives us a pathway. The resurrection gives us a pathway. Proof, peace, power, patience, and it gives us a pathway. Jesus came down to earth Christmas, all right? He came down to earth Christmas. He died on the cross for our sins. He died again. He rose back up again. He came back down again. The Bible says he's coming back again. He's gonna go back up again. I know this, that when I read this passage of scripture, the more you read about the Bible, you get the full context. You know this, Jesus likes roller coasters. Jesus likes himself a good old roller coaster. He's gone up, he started in heaven. He's come down to earth. He dies for us, he goes up, he's coming back down again, and he's going back up again. How many of you guys here today, you like roller coasters? Here's what I realize today, the resurrection gives you and I a pathway. It gives you and I a pathway. I'm so thankful for pathways. Pathways come in different forms. I'm gonna go to the gym tomorrow, and I'm so glad that Chad's gonna be, I, I wouldn't wanna go in there and work out by myself. I wouldn't know what to do. I'm thankful for a, a guy that's gonna show me, hey, here's the path, here's the way to go. I'm so thankful for this phone. Outside of Jesus and my wife, this is my third favorite thing in life. I'm so thankful that I can go to, I can tell Siri maps and I can put an address in and I can get there. Whether I've been there before or not, I can say, hey, Siri, give me directions, directions to. I'm so thankful for Siri. I'm thankful that when I go on an airplane, whenever I go on an airplane next, I'm glad I'm not the pilot. I'm glad there's a, I'm glad there's a pilot. And I'm so thankful I don't have to figure out where to go in my life because there's a God who shows me the pathway. I'm so thankful for that. I know so many people that they don't know where they're going. Oh yeah, they're moving, but they have no idea where they're going because they don't have someone showing them the pathway. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to just exist in life. I don't know about you guys. If you want to go to the next level, you've got to help somebody get you to the next level. And the only way to get you to the next level is to have someone show you the path to go to the next level. And that person, my friend, his name is Jesus. The only way to go, on the, to, go to the next level is to be on the pathway with Jesus. So I wrote two sermons today. Excuse me, that's not one of them. That wasn't one of them. Here's, here's one of them. The resurrection gives us the power. If you're gonna go to the next level spiritually, here's the, here's the first thing. You gotta do what he did. You gotta do what he did. Sometimes I write, sometimes I, I'll give you guys a little insight in, into, my, into my sermon writing skills. Sometimes I'm like, I'll try to make things sound so eloquent. Like, I'll rewrite. I was telling someone, it takes me about three weeks to write a sermon. You're like, man, with ADHD, it's a miracle. It only takes me three weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll, get, I'll have a concept three weeks down the road, and I'll begin to develop that concept for about three weeks. And then when I get to about Thursday or Friday of the week before, I start deleting all the nonsense that I put in my phone. 
I'll make it sound good. I'll, make, I'll try to polish it up a little bit. But if I, if I showed, you, showed you my notes, I was telling a friend of mine the other day, I'm like, if, and I've, I've showed these guys my notes before, and I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. If you saw my notes, you would realize why you guys have a hard time staying up with me. But there's a purpose. But here's what I know. I, when I get closer to the day of, I start deleting stuff, getting rid of it, tightening it down. And so sometimes, I realize that sometimes the, the most simplest way to say it is the best way to say it. You gotta do what he did. You gotta say it like you, like you, like you haven't had English class. You, you gotta say it, you, sometimes it comes off like, man, I want that to sound really good, and you get these words like, oh, these words are really good, but sometimes you gotta just say, man, you, do what he, you gotta do what he did. You gotta say it like, you, like, like, like your mom and dad aren't gonna slap you for saying it the wrong way. You gotta, you gotta do what he did. That's all you gotta, you have, you have to do what he did. If you're gonna go to the next level, you gotta do what he did. Wes, how do I get there? Hey, there's a pathway, my friends. Guess where the pathway is? The Bible says that he shows us the pathway. The Bible says that his word is a light into my path. It leads my steps. Jesus shows me where to go through this word. I'm so thankful for a God that shows me which way to go, a pathway. You gotta do what he did. Here's the second thing. You gotta do what he says. You gotta do what he says. It is not good enough to know what he did and not do it. It's not good enough to, to know some things and, and, and not do what he says. The Bible tells us that the demons know who God is. The demons know the Bible. The demons have memorized the scriptures. Even they know the truth. But we're no different if we don't do what he said. We gotta do what he did and we have to do what he says. And I want you to know today, I wanted, I wanted to... I wanted to Snuck this in, this isn't in your notes, but I believe, I, I believe the same with all my heart. If Jesus is real, then you can live forever. If Jesus lives, you can, you can live forever. And then here's the second thing. If Jesus is real, then he can change your future. If Jesus is real, you can live forever. If Jesus is real, then he can change your future. Those that make it into the big screen, made it in my notes, I thought was war is warranted to share with you today. And here's what I want you to know. Here's what's important to you. Some of you guys in here today, you're looking at your chapter 13 or chapter 15, and you're basically saying the book's over. It ain't gonna end well. I went and visited my friend Barb this week and Barb is in the hospital um, and she's on her like, she's had, she told me basically, she's had every surgery known to man. And uh, she's like, uh, she was having a procedure done. I'm like, have you had that procedure done before? She's like, oh no, that's my third time. I'm like, dude, is like buy two, get one free? Like, how do you, how does that work with doctors? You gotta pay every single time. I was talking to her mom. It was the most, most encouraging hospital visit I'd ever been to because typically I go to the hospital and I do all the talking. But your mom out talked me that day. I was so thankful. I've only met her a couple times. Um, <clears throat> I think sometimes that we, we get, we, and she was encouraged. You know what she said to me? She said, you know, I, I was so encouraged. She goes, you, you, she goes, you restore my faith in pastors. And I was like, me? <laughs> this guy? She goes, yeah, she goes, I had, I've, had, I've been in the hospital more times than I should have been. She goes, I've never, ever had a pastor come and visit me. And you know why I go and visit people? You wanna know why I, I wanna go and hang out with them? It's because I want them to know that where they're at is not where they're gonna be. Where they're at is not where they're gonna be. Because sometimes you can get in that hospital room and it, you can get discouraged. The room, the, the room can get a little bit tighter. It can begin to, the walls, the, you know, the walls can kind of go in and, and the roof can kind of go down. I wanna go there, I wanna be those people. I want them to let them know, hey man, you're not, you're not where you're gonna be. You might be here today, but you're, this chapter you're in now, but it's not over yet. That's one of the reasons why, one of the reasons why I go. You have a future with God, my friend. Hey, this is free. I think it's important that you know this. Like, sometimes people want to argue with me about theology, and I don't really argue with them. It's a waste of time. But here's why I don't waste, here's why I don't do it. It's because you, in, in this room here today, people think, man, well, God can't change my future. And sometimes I'm like, you know what? I don't think God really is changing our future. 
He's just letting you know about your future change. Does that make sense? Like, because he, he's, God's already in tomorrow. He's already in two weeks from now. He's in three years from now. So he knows how your story is going to end. You don't. If you knew how your story was going to end, you wouldn't wake up tomorrow. You wouldn't, you wouldn't walk the faith, you wouldn't walk a faith the journey tomorrow. My dad's been telling me my whole life, it's about faith, son. It's about faith. Now that I'm doing this thing, I'm like, okay, it's about faith. I get it, dad. It's about faith. Jesus is trying to build your faith. You may not want to be in the situation that you're in right now, but God's trying to build your spirit in the situation that you're in right now. So, um, hey, I, I think Jesus, when, I think, so I'm reading this Bible and I, I, my time's expired, but I, let, me, let me finish with this as quick as I can. There's these two guys here and I'm trying to figure out what's their purpose. And I think their purpose is twofold. Here's the f- first thing is, is that they want you guys to know there's more to the story. He says, hey guys, there's more to the story. He, he, he's gonna come back again. That's why, like I panicked because I didn't know the context and I've waited 40 days because I was so nervous about why in the world are these two guys here? What the heck are they doing here? Why are they there? And they're there, their one purpose, or maybe it's two, twofold. He wants to let them know that there's more to the story. And here's what I want you to know today, my friend. Jesus is coming back again. The address you live in today is not your last address. Our final address is heaven, whatever that number is. It's probably something with some sevens in it because that's the number of perfection and completion. So whatever the address is, seven, 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 heaven, I don't know. And then the second thing, if there's, there's more to the story, there's more to your story. There's more to your story, my friend. I don't care where you're at, what season you're in. I was talking to a friend of mine and she's like, hey, she's trying to ask me all these details. I'm like, you know what? I don't know all the details. My wife's a detail person. I don't spend time, when I meet people, I'm not trying to figure out where they've been the last 10 years. I'm trying to figure out how to yoke up with them because I want to walk them the next 10 years or 20 years or 30 years. I'm excited about that. You don't care about their past? No, I I really don't too much. Like whatever they want to give me, that's fine. But I'm excited to hold hands with them and walk towards the future. I believe in the, I believe in a future God. I believe that with all my heart, soul, and mind, and strength. John chapter 10, the Bible says that he's come to give us an abundant life. I want to let people know they have an abundant life. Their future is going to be good. There's more to, there's more to their story. And then lastly, I wanted you to know this. We've talked about the resurrection all month. Resurrection gives us proof. The resurrection gives us peace. The resurrection gives us power. The resurrection gives us patience. And the resurrection gives us a pathway. But I wanted you to know this today. Your story begins at the resurrection. That's where your story begins. Your story begins at the resurrection today. And we can go through all these talks all week long, all month long, but without a relationship with Jesus Christ, without believing in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection, you'll never fully live. And Jesus came to make dead men come alive. That's why he came. He wants you to have a future. He wants you to live forever with him. He wants to give you peace. He wants to give you power. Jesus comes with so many things. It's not like he's like, oh, I died on the cross for your sins. Let's hug it out. I love you. I'll see you in heaven. He died on the cross for your sins. He loves you. He says, I'm going to be with you every day until we get to heaven. I'm down with that. Down with that. DWT shortened it. I'm down with that. Like, I'm down with the guy who's going to walk with me forever. Because I know this. I need a God who's going to walk with me forever. 
I need that. And can I say this to you today, my friends? You need that. For the highlights, you need a God. Because when you're in the highlight reel, know this. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift that comes from above, he's with you. When you're in the valley, know this. He's behind you, pushing you out. He's in front of you, pulling you. He's, a, he's, he's, he's around you, putting other people around you and saying, hey, we're gonna make it, we're gonna get through this. And he wants you to get through the valley. But hey, don't get mad while you're in the valley. It's important, another message. Because the reason why you're in the valley is because maybe when you get out of it, you're gonna go help some people. Because the Bible says that he put us on this earth. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then you're gonna be a witness. And people that are witnesses, one of the ways we can witness is help pull people out of the valley. It's to encourage people. It's to lift them up.